our fifth message on my Jesus. And our thought for today is, is simply our true light. Jesus is our true light. I, I read a story this week about a, a man who flew combat helicopters. And during, during Vietnam, he might have been the very best that they had. And as he was flying one night on a secret mission, he had to fly in the complete darkness. Only thing he could use to land this chopper was what instruments was inside the chopper. He had no light to guide him. He radioed down to his point man on the ground and asked him, is there anything that you might can shine just so I can land this chopper? The man didn't have a flashlight. And he searched around as fast as he could. And suddenly he radios back to the pilot and says, I have a Zippo lighter. The, the pilot said, well, just light it so I can see. He held up this lit lighter. And this helicopter pilot was able to safely land this chopper in the jungles of Southeast Asia. Just the, by the light being held up. The light of that lighter was able to pierce through the darkness of this jungled area. What this tells me is that no matter how dark it is, light can pierce through your darkness. In times of darkness, we can find ourselves weak, find ourselves helpless, find ourselves vulnerable, or even feeling trapped. But we have a true light that shines. And when he shines before us, we're set free from the hold of darkness that has come upon us. And we can clearly see the path that he has laid out before us. You know, in these recent sermons in Luke 4, in verse 18, what we've been reminded of is that Jesus was sent to earth for several purposes. In verse 18, the Bible tells us that that the spirit of the Lord was upon Jesus. That he was anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. And in preaching to the poor, he shared that he, he was our truth to eternity. But not only was the spirit upon him to preach the gospel to the poor, but he was sent to heal the brokenhearted. For he is our true comforter. He was also sent to proclaim liberty to the captives. For he is our true access to liberty. He was sent for the recovery of sight to the blind. And for he is our true leader. And today as we look here at the last phrase 
of verse 18 in Luke 4, the Bible says that he was sent to set the, to liberty those who are oppressed. In other words, here we see that my Jesus was sent to be our true light. As we focus on this statement in Luke 4.18, we must come to the understanding of what it is that Jesus is actually saying. He said he was sent to set at liberty those who are oppressed in the New King James. If we were to go to the book of Isaiah, it reads that in in chapter 61, it reads that that he was sent for the opening of the prison to those who are bound. If you look in your King James Bible, it translates Luke 4, 18 as saying he set at liberty them who are bruised. When we think of something being bruised, we don't see the severity of the bruising. As a matter of fact, the word bruised here in Luke 4 means to be broken in pieces. It means to be crushed. And it's only used in the New Testament in this particular passage. It's the same use of the word that we find when we read in the Old Testament that Jesus was bruised for our iniquities. He was crushed. Well, what we notice about a bruise is that when we find one on our arm, on our leg, on our face, we don't necessarily see what's broken. We don't see what's been crushed. What we see is this dark, bluish red uh, discoloration of our skin. And that's the result of the bruise. The bruise is actually when those blood vessels are broken. And they're broken underneath what we're able to see. So what happens when we're bruised is that these blood vessels are broken by some sort of trauma. This then causes this localized bleeding that becomes trapped in surrounding cell tissues. So it, so it appears to me that Jesus has come to set at liberty those who have been affected by some internal trauma. <laughs> You're not with me, are you? When we often feel trapped, uh, we've received something that's traumatized us. Maybe it's a terminal diagnosis. Maybe it's some struggle that we're going through. Maybe it's due to harboring unconfessed sin. Being trapped, we feel like we're being trapped and it brings out this feeling of being bruised or oppressed by what it is that has trapped us. The fear, the anxiety, the doubt, and all those emotions are trapped inside of us and they bruise or they oppress us. 
And when we are bruised or oppressed by life and what it may throw at us, we find ourselves often just like the discoloration on our skin. We find ourselves in a dark place. But the good news is, is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has come to be our true light. He was sent to shine in the darkness of our oppression. He was sent to shine in the dark areas of where we're bruised. He was sent to set us free from this feeling of oppression. We get a clear picture of this over in John 8. We remember this woman who was caught in adultery, don't we? Well, in John 8 and verse 12, Jesus shares an absolute truth with us. He shares, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. In other words, here what Jesus is saying is, I'm your true light. The context of John 8 takes, us, takes place during the Feast of the Tabernacles. During this time, the Jews would build booths or they would build uh, shelters. They, they, and they were to live in them, but more accurately, they were to live under them through that week of the Feast of the Tabernacles. During this time, they, it was a reminder for them how God had provided and how he had led the children of Israel during the wilderness wanderings. But it was during this time when John had penned this that Jesus would, while at night, instead of sleeping under a booth, he would retreat out into the wilderness. He would retreat to the Mount of Olives and spend time just with God. He would spend time in prayer. He would spend time with his father. He would spend time uh, getting things in order. I, I would, I would su uh, suggest to us, I, it doesn't make sense to me to even say that because everything about Jesus was in order. As a matter of fact, it's hard to imagine that God was spending time with God. But you know, there's, there comes times in my life when I just want to be by myself. There's times in my life when I just want to, I don't want no one around. I don't want no one calling. I don't want no one talking to. I just want to be by myself. I don't know if that's what it was like. But what we know is that Jesus, God in flesh, retreated to the Mount of Olives during this time of the year so that he could spend time with his heavenly father. And then early... In the morning, Jesus would make his way to the temple. And at the temple, he would begin to teach. Maybe, as he's teaching the scriptures, just maybe, it was the sun. As the sun was rising early in the morning, the son of God was, <laughs> was shedding light on the truth. Just maybe... <laughs> Maybe as light began to open up the day for them and take away the physical darkness for them, that Jesus was teaching them to bring them out of spiritual darkness. 
on this particular morning in John 8, a powerful teaching opportunity came about. While Jesus was teaching in the temple early, the scribes and Pharisees interrupted his teaching by bringing a woman that had been caught in adultery to him. Now, we find this woman is bruised or oppressed. And now her bruise and her oppression is being put on display. Some might would even say that her darkness is now coming to light. But it appears to me that there's more to be seen. And the only way we can see that is for our true light to shine. So that we can see what is actually taking place. One thing we have to understand is our true light does something. And what our true light does is it removes darkness. Jesus asked the woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? Her response to Jesus was, no one, Lord. Now, folks, when we read this passage... We can immediately sense that the woman was in a dark place. She was engaged in an adulterous relationship or at least an adulterous um, act. We, we, we get that. And, and let's get real for a moment. It was because she was caught in adultery. I don't know how that happened. How does religious leaders catch someone in the very act of adultery. Ah, pray about that. Maybe God will uh, help you with that. Because she was caught in the very act, she was brought to Jesus. Yes, she was guilty. But my question is, what was causing this behavior from this woman? Being a Jewish woman, she knew that according to Leviticus 20 and 10, that she would be stoned if she was caught in an adulterous relationship or an adulterous act. So, she must have been in a dark place, wouldn't you think? (laughs) There must have been some other things that contributed to her dark behavior. It's possible she had been trapped by an abusive father. It's possible she had been trapped by an abusive husband. It's possible that she was just trapped by the shame of of being raped as a younger woman. It's possible that she was trapped, bruised, oppressed, um, that, that she was trapped, bruised, and oppressed because she was a woman in this society and, and she couldn't see any hope. It's possible that she felt with this man she could have a good life. Maybe she felt that with this man that she could get out of the poverty that she might have been in. I can't say for sure. But something was leading to this behavior. But now, she's not only trapped in this dark behavior, now her dark behavior is being put on display before man. 
if that's not enough, if you look at Leviticus 20 and 10, it says, it speaks that both the adulterer and the adulteress would be stoned. And there's no one there but her. But Jesus. <laughs> but Jesus, our true light. He removes the darkness from our lives. He knew the Pharisees didn't care about this woman. And the only thing that they wanted was to find fault in him. If, they, if Jesus would let her go after they brought her to him, then he would break the law of Moses. If Jesus would have her stoned or say just stone her, then he would lose confidence in those who he had taught about God's grace and God's mercy and God's forgiveness. So here Jesus just stoops down and begins to write on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he finally stood up. Let me stop right there before I go any further and say this. Sometimes we're going to be approached with something and we're going to feel like we're between a rock and a hard place. We're going to feel like we've been trapped by somebody and instead of speaking out maybe we need to just sit quiet maybe we need to spend some time with the Lord before we give an answer maybe we need to gather ourselves and not be emotional when we respond but be reasonable and rational when we respond that's what Jesus does here he stooped down and as they kept pressing him he finally stands up and he says, he who is without sin among you, let him throw the stone at her first. In other words, those of you who are perfect, throw the stone. Those of you who are without sin, throw the stone. And then he knelt back down to write again. Scripture doesn't say what he wrote on the ground, but it appears that Jesus, our true light, shined upon the darkness of the Pharisees because they had to leave. One by one, they walked away. From the oldest to the youngest, they walked away. I wonder, what is it that has us trapped today? What has trapped us so that we are bruised, we are oppressed? What is it that keeps us trapped in a dark place? What is it that keeps us engaging in dark behavior? Could it be that this dark behavior is from being trapped, bruised, oppressed because of abuse? Whether the abuse came from a bully, a parent, a neighbor, a relative, or a relationship, you feel trapped by the emotional and physical scarring of it, and you're left bruised or oppressed. Could it be that this dark behavior is from anger, from knowing that when it rains, often it pours? Could it be that life just seems to have dealt you a bad hand and it seems like no matter what you do, everything is going wrong? Whether you, you find you end up with struggles and sickness and sorrow and shame every time you turn around throughout your whole life, you may this may have caused you to be trapped by anger and it's left you bruised or oppressed. Or simply, could it be, could it just be sin? Could it be that we're engaged in dark behavior because we're finding pleasure in sin? Could it be that, that an addiction to alcohol, drugs, pornography, alternative lifestyles, or flat-out rebellion has caused us to be trapped and has left us bruised and oppressed? 
The good news for all of us is who all who might feel trapped, Jesus came to set us free. The light of the world came to light, to shine light in the dark places of our lives. And if we will follow our true light, he will deliver us. He will reveal the truth of his forgiveness, his love, his grace, his mercy. His truth will outshine any abuse we've ever dealt with. His truth will outshine any anger that we could ever feel. His truth will outshine any any sin and rebellion that we are engaged in. He will remove the darkness of our lives if we will allow him to shine his great light upon us. But not only does light remove darkness, but our true light reveals direction. Remember the context of the story. It's during the Feast of the Tabernacles. This feast is when the children of Israel remembering their life in the wilderness or their ancestors' lives in the wilderness. They would light candles in remembrance of that time because God had delivered them from the darkness of Egypt. And he had led them through the wilderness to the promised land. Now God shined his light in the darkness of, of Egypt simply to deliver Israel. He set them free. But for them to go into the promised land, they would have to follow him. He gave them light so they could follow him. And as long as they followed the light, they could see the way that they were to go. God gave them a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night so that they could see their direction, so that they could follow him. And regardless of the places they come upon, regardless of the people they encountered, regardless of the problems that they faced, they were to follow him. They were to follow our true light. Here in John 8, Jesus shined the light of forgiveness, grace, and mercy upon this woman's life. He removed darkness from her life, but he didn't stop there. He continued to shine in her life. She, remember, when he asked her where her accusers were, was, she said, no one, Lord, is here to accuse me. No one, Lord is here to condemn me. And Jesus responds to her by saying, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Jesus didn't ignore, nor did he condone her sin. She was guilty, but only he and he alone could rightfully condemn her. But you know what Jesus knew? Jesus knew that soon he'd be going to the cross 
to die for her sins. He knew that by faith that she would follow him. And there is no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus brought her out of darkness and now she had to follow him. Get this. We need to truly get this. To, for her to continue to stay out of darkness, he told her to go and sin no more. She had to truly follow him. She could no longer walk according to her flesh. She could no longer go back to her old life. She could no longer go back to her old habits. She had to follow him. She had to walk in the true light. Jesus says, I am the light of the world and he who follows me shall not walk in darkness. If we don't want to walk in the darkness of this world, then we must follow behind our true light. Oh church, we who have been born again, listen, we who have been bought with the price of of the blood of Jesus Christ. We who follow him, we are no longer trapped by abuse, anger, or sin. We are no longer trapped, bruised, or oppressed. We have been set free. So why don't we just take a moment? I know this might be a little out of ordinary, but why don't we just take a moment thinking about the fact that we've been set free. Why don't we give God praise for setting us free? That we no longer have to feel oppressed. We no longer have to feel bruised. We no longer have to feel trapped. Man, isn't it worth praising him for? Just knowing that I don't have to be trapped by this sin any longer. This feeling of guilt and shame. Being bruised. Being oppressed. Oh, God has set us free. And whom the son sets free, he's free indeed. I want to ask us as lovingly as I can. Are you following the light? I mean, are, are we may be saved. Now, I'm talking about truly saved. Born again. But we may find ourselves Trapped. We may find ourselves bruised, oppressed. If that's where we're at and we've truly been born again, it's likely. And I say this with as much love as I can. It's likely we stepped away from the true light and we started down our own path. Brother Brian mentioned earlier. That sometimes we pay our own fare. Sometimes we want to walk our own way. We want to travel our own path. And when we get out of the light, we find ourselves oppressed. Jesus said when we follow him, when we follow our true light, we will not walk in darkness. For darkness and light cannot dwell together. So you may be asking how? How then? How do I follow him? How do I follow the direction of the true light? Well, first, we obey the scriptures. The Bible says that... Jesus is the word made flesh. So when we read the scriptures, we're hearing Jesus. Jesus speaks to us through his word. And when we follow 
when we obey his word, the holy word of God, we're following Jesus. And he has given us direction for our lives. You want to know how to raise your children? You want to know how to live in this world? You want to know how to have peace? You want to know how to have joy? You want the direction that will give you eternal life? It's right here. And when we start obeying God's word, then we'll know for sure that we're following the light. And the darkness will have to flee. And we're no longer oppressed. We're no longer bruised. It will provide direction for us. But we also must obey the spirit. You know, God still speaks to us, doesn't he? He speaks to those who are saved. Those who've been born again. And when he speaks to us through his spirit, we have to remember at one time he didn't. Because we were dead in the trespass of our sins. And it was when we trusted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior that he was made alive within us. And the only way we can worship God is in truth and in spirit. The only way we can praise God is in truth and in spirit. The only way we can pray to God is in the spirit. And when God speaks to us, he speaks to us through his spirit. And his spirit, he comforts us when we feel like we're walking all alone. He counsels us when we don't know where to go. And he convicts us when we're walking in the wrong direction. So we obey the spirit because he provides direction for our lives. My question again, for the believers in this place, are you walking in the light? You and God know that. I wouldn't judge that. It's not mine to judge. But if you're not, just start back obeying the scriptures. Start back obeying the spirit and get under the light so you can walk in light that provides direction. But there may be some here today who've never trusted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Some of you are trapped, bruised, and you're oppressed by the darkness of sin, and you don't know how to be set free. If you want to know how to be set free, Romans 8 through 11 says this. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That, you, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. In verse 13, it says, for whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
It's that simple. Are you willing to exercise that faith that God has given you? Are you willing to believe that Jesus is God's son? Believe that God raised him, that he died for your sin and that God raised him from the dead. And are you willing to confess him as not only savior of the world, but your personal savior? If so, according to the authority of the word of God, you shall be saved. So, as they begin to sing the song of invitation... The question becomes, once again, are you ready to follow him? Are you ready to follow our true light?